I die, I want to die comfortable. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I am joined, as always, by... I'm Chad, and I was at a whorehouse. I'm Mark, and if I let you in, will you tell me exactly where it is? So... uh, this this movie had a lot of quotes to work with from. Not really. I noticed that's so it. Yeah. Not a lot of dialogue. Guys, that are is Are you doing a bit call, or like are you being for real? Yeah, that's what they call in academic circles uh not saying the truth. <laughs> for comedic effect. <laughs> not saying the truth. Yeah. I mean, I think we picked a pretty good one considering what we were given. Yeah, it was no, either that's that what I'm saying. Or like get down. Uh He's right. he's got a cell phone. Put down the cell phone. Right. Stuff like that. Right. Yeah. When I when I was looking for the beginning and ending quotes, it was it was quite challenging. But for our listeners on this show, as they probably know by now, we each pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive. Wait, whose well, whose the, pick was whose pick was this? Exactly. We Ooh. also talked about what the Oscars picked for the best movie of a particular year. And that's what we're doing this time. And then to wrap things up, we pick another movie that feels important to us in some way for a particular year, which we will do next episode. But today on Best Pictures, we're talking about the Best Picture winner, a film that looks at America's forever war through the lens of a bomb diffuser. Um, that is The Hurt Locker. But before we get to that, let's talk about mm-hmm. what we've seen at the Megaplex. And guys, we all watched the same film this week, but because not, we are still not at a megaplex because we are still in the Panera how to describe Dimmick. it. Like when you when you turn a faucet on, we've turned it on a little bit, and movies are drip drip dripping. And then next week, and when I I'm watching like those movies, fully I'm, turns on. I'm drip drip dripping too. <laughs> disgusting um i feel like we're about to get the steady flow oh yeah um uh yeah i mean i could be flow much either i i I could be gross and say like this is the spotting part okay well um but um yeah we're about to watch a lot of movies but we only had one really in the past two weeks and that was mitchell and the machines which we mitchell's, all watched on netflix is it mitchell's and or mitchell's versus the machines i keep saying I think it's and, probably versus i think it's versus i uh, good thought it was and movie i don't know i can look this up we should know it it, it is a movie that is good it's mitchell's um, versus the machines oh, mitchell's okay. versus the machines they do face off with each other um but they yeah. do have machines that are their friends. Yeah, that's true. There are two machines that are like on paper funny, but like, I don't know that any joke from those two machines really worked for me. But the movie as a whole really, really? Did, did work for me. I laughed at them quite a bit. <laughs> I just like if Beck Bennett is voicing a character, it's normally got me halfway yeah. there. He's so good. Like as Launchpad and DuckTales. Uh, yeah, he's at the top of the SNL cast list uh, mm-hmm. the past few seasons. He's so funny. Um, well, al- now- alphabetically, for sure. <laughs> Big Bennett! <laughs> um, he, d- he goes first, right? I think I he's first. Think so Because 80, 80 would be second. BR over, yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> I guess so. Anyways. Minutia of SNL. Um, my one note for the Mitchells versus the machines is the voice actor for the 
uh, son, the the little brother of the sounds the too maker. old. Sounds way too old. Sounds- found found <laughs> out. Very old. Yeah, that dude was the director of the movie, so he wanted to keep himself ah. in the movie, and that is why. But I think he probably should have cast somebody that can sound like a child. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it does feel weird when he sounds older than the mm-hmm. older sister. Yeah, but funny character. The movie Had a is lot of good lines. Solid. Yeah, he is funny. Um, when he says, solid. It, when he just calls people in the phone book and asks if they want to talk about dinosaurs with him, or asks if he can very, talk about dinosaurs at them, more like very funny. Can yeah. you, uh, if you guys got a phone call from clearly a child that mm-hmm. asked if they wanted to talk about dinosaurs with you, how long would you stay on the phone? I don't know. Man. That's a good question. I definitely like hear him out for a little bit, and then I'd be like, yeah, it, I gotta go at a certain point. It definitely like depends on what i'm up to mm-hmm. but i think i could probably squeeze out five minutes for that kid yeah absolutely i mean i was a dino kid myself i i didn't mm. the problem is i like dinos more in the abstract and a lot of dino kids get really into the science of it but i was like theoretically there's these big monsters and they theoretically like could fight with each other and like sometimes the power rangers have robot versions of <laughs> i was i was into dinos on <laughs> right. that level like, more than kid, like knowing their scientific names as a stuff. kid you learn about dinosaurs and it's basically like oh there were like real dragons and like real godzilla real dragons that, like, real monsters yeah on this earth yeah that's really cool do you guys have a favorite dinosaur I feel like we talked about this on the Jurassic Park we episode. Probably. I mean, I feel like I you got to go. Do. You got to go T-Rex. I mean, it's just mm. it's kind of undeniable. Nope. Who's your favorite? Nope. What's your favorite? Triceratops. Triceratops yeah. is really cool. I like that they don't eat meat. <laughs> yeah. I I like that they um they they're in a defense position most of the time. Like yeah. they're very like sturdy into the ground, but they can still like fuck shit up. Triceratops, they're they're a good like they're they can play any position, basically. <laughs> they could be defense or offense. I really like it. And like yeah, they're I think they look cool. I think they, they do look, look really cool. They absolutely look cool. They yeah. feel like a predecessor to the rhinoceros. I know like yeah, in, in but better. recent years, we've sort of discovered that like, oh, they're more closely related to birds and they were probably all covered with feathers. But my understanding of that Triceratops is that's just a rhino with like more points. Yeah, yeah. I think like some of like, I think raptors obviously are more associated with birds, but yeah. like, it, I don't know that a Triceratops really was. I think it's raptors specifically. Is it just the rap? What about the T-Rex? Did the T-Rex? I think all the bird stuff is pretty bullshit. Anyway, my favorite is pterodactyls. (laughs) (laughs) The most bird-like. Pterodactyls, those are the three best dinosaurs. Yeah, absolutely. And I I can almost guarantee you that if you go back and listen to uh, Jurassic Park, which is like one of our first episodes, we had this. It is literally our first episode, right? Yeah. Isn't that our first episode? If I did a power ranking of dinosaurs, it would be Triceratops, one pterodactyls two raptors three velociraptors specifically t-rex four brontosaurus five so cool yeah but they're they're overrated you know it's one of those things where it's like yeah they're good but like you know what do you mean you know know. they're cool they got a big (laughs) mouth as cool as the not as cool as the indominibus indominibus saurus rex or whatever they say indominus rex were kind of uh yeah that because that's like all the raptor and all the t-rex all combined into one 
Yeah, it's as smart as a raptor and as big as a dino, as a T-Rex. It definitely feels like the kid on the playground who's like, I'm wearing a shield and I have a gun. If you're you're backed up into a corner where you got to take down an Indominus Rex, just bring out more teeth. That's what I learned from that movie. You got to sick the T-Rex and the Velociraptors on him. As long as there's more teeth, you can take it down. Those are the rules of Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, are opened, uh, this past weekend. I need to ride that ride. Apparently yeah. they have, when are you going to go, uh, Raptor animatronics that look really cool and like snap at you and stuff. I've seen those in like the horrifying children on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know what else horrifies okay, but Mitchell's children the is the robot apocalypse. <laughs> right. Um, what did you guys like about this movie? I liked, I mean, it's very Lord and Mitchell. It, it like kind of combines, sorry, Lord and Miller, not Mitchell. That's the family. Mitchell is the, the one that faces the machines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they like combine a lot of like, they will do like the freeze frame and like the exclamation points over the head and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which I just really like the visual style of the movies that they produce and yeah. kind of just like the jam packed fun in every millisecond kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah i like the animation like it'll pop up and kind of like show her emotion through like additional animation yeah yes like, feels that's really kind of anime and in a way that it does i enjoy the it way does. they like um, tied that into her creativity as like you know mm-hmm. she's going to film school and wants to be a filmmaker and like the little glimpses you get at her films she makes are so like stylized and weird and the that weirdness carries over to like how this movie portrays the bigger emotions, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I also think just, it's good. I think the I love the design of the movie. Um, it yeah. is the one of like very few 3D animated movies that feel like cartoons, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Like Tangled and Frozen, good movies. They don't feel like cartoons. They feel like a 3D animated movie. Toy Story doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a cartoon. This has like a this is something in the style that like they're not going for photorealism. It's, that's interesting. It's, it's very playful. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. Toy Story is probably the one that I think feels the most cartoony of any Pixar movie we've seen. So that so that's interesting. Uh, yeah, but even um, even still, like I don't think no, any, I, I no Pixar movie feels like a cartoon. Maybe parts of Soul because they like experiment right. with like the form. With Luca the, uh, Luca yeah. looks like it might be because they're doing a bit more stylized design. Yes, it's my favorite design language I've seen out of Pixar yeah. in like a while, a long time, like probably a decade. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, like, ago. yes, I think the, the style that they use for this is very good. I think like the story is like, it, it's really solid and it's funny. I mm-hmm. think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's really good. I yeah. mean, my top two movies right now of the year are both animated movies and they're great what was the other what's one? the other one? raya and the last oh. oh yeah that one's really good too very good but yeah, um yeah Mitchell's it, in the machines yeah, I, feel like I'm not... <laughs> I, I laughed a lot um yeah it was the the family dynamic was like also just really moving and good yeah. it was just it was just a solid movie I, I i loved it all yeah i feel like i'm struggling with anything to say because i'm just like it's good watch it yeah like let the movie do the talking guys we we don't need to talk about it too much we can just recommend it and you guys watch it 
it's on it's on the Netflix. So you probably Netflix. have that. It is number yeah. two in the nation under Shadow and Bone on Netflix. It, it, it's also interesting because it comes from Sony and they've been doing some really interesting animated stuff. Yeah, obviously they um, did Spider-Verse. Um, mm-hmm. They did the they Emoji movie. A, that was really interesting. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> um, they uh, they have a, a monkey movie starring Lin-Manuel Miranda that comes out later this summer. They also have Hotel Transylvania. Have we gotten a trailer mm-hmm. for the monkey movie? It's only like 20 seconds long, but yeah, there's a I haven't even heard of this the trailer. It's called Vivo. Vivo. That sounds like an app that will fail within a year. Well, that's that's also Vivo. That's V-E-V-O as opposed to V-I-V-O. Well, I guess V-E-V-O right. is not an app and has been very successful. So I, I take it it's, all back. It's been wait. I'm thinking of Vero, which is V-E-R-O. Uh, yes, <laughs> Vero is, is dead and gone. Vivo yeah. took over YouTube there for a little bit. Yeah. What are what we I'm talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're not recording on our normal day, and I do think it's like throwing our energy into odd directions. Yeah, not listeners bad. are getting some real like midweek energy here. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's yeah, it's uh it's it's um as the <laughs> It says all the uh, all the chuggy people say, "Halt, they Mike, 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 Mike. It's hope they." If there had been a way for me to place a bet on Cody saying chuggy during this podcast, I would have put a hundred dollars down. I was Cody's I, been was all about my, chuggy today. Yeah, it was fully my intent to figure out a way to work it in, and that's why I started laughing because I was like, "This feels natural enough." Uh, you were enough i think yeah um, um i don't know what else <laughs> we talk longer in the megaplex storm layer you guys fucking watching house tv you guys ever heard of tv oh, is I'm, there anything and, cody we haven't i i told you i was gonna start the space apple tv show for all um, mankind. Apple, apple tv space show yes for all mankind yeah you're gonna have to be specific because foundation is on the way so you gotta be that's like, true somewhat but, realistic space show but it is an alternate universe but or... i can't say like the the tv show that has a bunch of characters that were in like the mercury program because disney plus is one of those as well <laughs> it's called the right um, stuff for all mankind is like basically a direct sequel to the right stuff but it's very fictional because it's if if Russia beat us, yeah, right? it that's, starts that's with it starts with Russia getting to the moon first, yeah, and then NASA's like, oh, we got to get there fast, um, and then Russia puts a woman on the moon, and they're like, oh, we got to get some girls up there, wow, um, and that's kind of where I am I so far, but it's very much moon. <laughs> I got to get me to the fucking moon. There's ladies I'm up there, go to the moon. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, I'm only like four episodes in, but it's it's interesting so far. I, I'm enjoying it. That sounds good. And, you know, TV are the new movies. Chad's watching freaking I don't know what I'm Star watching, Wars. Man. Yeah, I started. I'm watching the Bad Batch show. It's pretty good. It's all about uh, Order 66 and sort of the fallout from that following five clones that are all like defective and they didn't comply to Order 66. And uh, they're all mm. like, whoa, it's kind of messed up that we just genocided all the Jedi. Uh, yeah. Je- Jedi side? Is that a thing? Um, sure. It is now. Yeah, it is now. Um, it is I'm also in a weird place with the show Invincible on Amazon where like I started it. I'm like three episodes in. And then I thought like, 
my wife might like this show. I'm trying to get her to watch episode one. I'm trying to decide if I should like start over or if I should finish it and just like yeah. tell her to watch it. Or I, I don't know. I'm in a weird. I'm in a well. Weird. I started it with my wife watching the first episode, and she Did was you like, kill her? "I don't give a no." I don't um, guys, I don't care. I and she was like, "I don't." You can watch this on your own. I don't fucking care about this at all. She was like, "It is violent." Um, I was. I have not started watching that show. I was like about to, and then I realized that they're hour-long episodes, and it just like bumped to a couple spots down they my list. Are long is the thing. I am also like ten. No, I'm like thirteen. Maybe like seventeen volumes into the graphic novel, or the not the graphic novel. It was a weekly comic series, but I'm that far into the comic series, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of like, I may just need to fucking finish before because when i like tried to watch that one episode i was like okay that's not what happened in the comics and so then when i went to read it like was messing my brain up like i'm fine that they change things but doing both at the same time was making me kind of confused about yeah because there's what like happened two, in what place two separate canons with the same character exactly exactly which i can handle when i'm only going through one canon at a time yeah um yeah. i don't know no. that i'm watching anything Oh, Mayor of Easttown. You guys need to watch Mayor of Easttown. I do need it's, to watch Mayor of Easttown. It's it from looks the like, person who did The Way Back. It looks like kind of a downer, if I'm honest. Here's the thing. It definitely has depressing elements, but I enjoy that hour of television probably the most weekly. It's okay. shit I like. I love detective stories. And I think it's like pretty... I think it's pretty well-balanced show. It doesn't feel like... Chad, you watched some of the killing, right? Yeah. Okay, the killing is like oppressively dark the whole okay. time. Oh, so it's it's I less would... dark than that. Interesting. Okay, good. Yes. I was going to ask if it's yes. more of a true detective, more of a killing, more of a NCIS. Definitely uh, not NCIS. Definitely not NCIS. Yeah. It falls closer to true detective or sharp objects, which have their moments of kind of levity and like twist and stuff like that that keep it like fun but does true ways. detective have moments of levity sure it does i i don't i think, think that the like... characters are especially in season one i think that the matthew mcconaughey's character is always saying something wild i guess their dynamic is pretty funny it is a pretty depressing show but yeah I, I guess i was more in my head thinking of like seasons two and three but yeah season one sure, did Bart. have its moments of like this is and it's funny because this guy's ridiculous, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and th- I mean, this show, it's about dark things, but Evan Peters is in it and he's pretty like he's in that. He has an all shucks like Pennsylvania energy to it. That's good. I, Mr. I, I, I don't think it's himself? as hard to watch. Yeah. And he's good in the show. I think he's really good in the show. Um, and Kate Winslet rules. You both should watch that show. It's so very, very good. I really am enjoying it. Kate Winslet. So that's alumni TV. of this very podcast. Yeah, indeed. Titanic and I think just Titanic. Uh, nothing. Oh else no, uh, Eternal Sunshine as well. Yeah. All uh, right, right. So she's very good in this. She talks about Wawa and uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. She is, is a she good a baby? <laughs> no. Do, do you not know Wawas? There's Wawas around me, so I guess. Um, what are you talking about? It, it's. It's a was like a train. it's like a 7-Eleven oh. from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just like yeah. how Helen Keller said water. 
in, no. the, in the play miracle worker wawa you get your hoagies from wawa there's a whole snl you get you get i don't get my hoagies water. from anywhere i don't get hoagies you get water ice from wawa <laughs> water ice yeah exactly <laughs> go get your smart water um Mara Beast Down, it's good. Sugar. Okay, that's enough TV. Water. I just felt like we didn't have enough of Mega Sugar Black, so in water. Isn't that what that's fat? Minna Black? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The that's guy that's bugs. For you. Yeah. Sugar in water. Yeah. Uh, I love telling. That scene is so weird. <laughs> I love that. It's very weird. I, I love telling Chad about shows that he will never watch. I'll, I'll watch Mara Beast Down. It sounds good. I, I think Laura would like that show. I think I would like uh, the show. There's just so much television. Too. And it's like, I haven't even watched yeah, The Wire not, yet. Mu- Listen, there's a lot of TV. Yes. Yeah. I think we need to start being realistic and not and realize that there's not that much good TV. There's a lot of it. There there's is a, a lot of good TV. There's a there's lot, of, a lot TV. of TV. There's a lot of TV that people try to convince you is good TV. And you have that to. Is not. That is not right. So many of these like drama shows that like appear to be good, but it's just Correct. like they were expensive, yes. but they're not good. Yes. Correct. There's so much of that crap now where it used to be if someone put the money into a show like that, it was going to be good. But right. now it's like, who knows, man? I feel like that's basically what I mean. It is hard to discern what shows are actually worth watching. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to discern what current shows are actually worth watching. Yeah, 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 a little yeah, bit yeah. easier yeah. with like shows that are older. The mm-hmm. established canon of Sopranos, The Wire, yeah. Mad Men, We're about to get another season of Dexter, man. I'm stressed I'm out. What? Really? You may be, but Cody isn't. <laughs> Did you finish that <laughs> show? I haven't get... even watched normal Dexter. <laughs> the first I four never watched, seasons... I watched are... the first couple episodes. The first four seasons are very good. Season four being the best. Season two being the worst of those seasons. And then like yeah. five is okay. Six is like the last watchable season. And then seven and eight are like garbage. Uh, Scott Buck should not be in charge of storytelling for anything. Yeah, he shouldn't. Um, he also did, you know, the the worst Marvel Iron shows Fist. that exist. Iron Fist and uh, Inhumans. Um, oh fuck! Yeah, yeah he did both. Oh, of those. Wow, that's yeah. Iron Fist season idea. one, so the worst of the two Iron Fist seasons. And right, he did season two is better. Yeah. Um. um so well, he should not be in all charge of this storytelling. Is, all of this is prelude to the most important show coming out this year: The Sopranos but, movie, Sweet Tooth. That's a movie. Um, it is High School Musical: The Musical, the series, uh, which does yes. premiere on Friday. <laughs> I'm important. I'm more looking forward to Sweet Tooth. Well, Chad, you won't fucking read the rest of the graphic novel. Yeah, so I'm in I the don't middle know. of reading it. It's good. I'm reading it. No, Chad, it expired. It went back to the library. Okay, I'll rent it again. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Uh, whatever. I'm Was gonna. I'm gonna jump ahead of you. Yeah, I'm jump, jump ahead. ahead of I don't you care. You're using my hoop. You're welcome to use my hoopla however you want to use it. I'll catch up. Don't worry about me. It was really funny because Chad and I do share a hoopla, and it was at the end of the month, and I was letting him you letting him his, but it's like my you know, he doesn't use it. I'm the often. one who has an, a but, Los Angeles public library card, right? I but there were still like eight rentable uh, slots left, 
And I was like, okay, let me just wait because Chad wants to read Sweet Tooth. Let's see where he gets. And he's still in the middle of the second one. And so on fucking April 30th, I borrowed eight, like, I think I borrowed like (laughs) six Invincibles too, because they just, they don't roll over. You just get 15 at the first of every month. So I just, at the end of the month was like, okay, well, Chad's not catching up yet. Blah, 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 blah. So... That, that's they put they the put the first issue of Sweet Tooth: The Return on DC Ultimate. They didn't put the original Sweet Tooth on there. Yeah, it's fucked up. I don't really understand why. Why don't they have Sweet Tooth on DC Ultimate? I pay good money for that. DC, Chad, you have to get the name correct. Infinite? It is called DC Universe Infinite. <laughs> Where did I get Ultimate from? That sucks. I don't know. Ultimate Spider Man, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. That's probably <laughs> Cody. <laughs> Cody, what's your background on Zoom here? Uh, my background on Zoom is a big splosion because uh-huh. I love action movies with explosions. Is that a so screenshot from anything an specific? Accurate... So I saw this image and was like, I am excited for this the explosion movie that I'm going to be able to watch that one best picture called The that Hurt Locker. Exactly what this movie is. It is a, a exciting, explodey action movie. Yeah. You can't tell me there's not explosions in this there. Movie, are though. explosions. You can't deny would, the presence of explosions. Would maybe call this a drama movie with more explosions than most drama movies, which is yeah. to say more yeah. than one explosion, <laughs> and honestly closer to five or ten. Okay, hold on. What's a drama movie with explosions? Like, What's the Robert Pattinson 9/11 movie? Yep, that's one. <laughs> Remember me. Remember so that's me. one. Um, uh, Pearl Harbor. Pearl, Har- Pearl Harbor. Kind of an explosions. It's 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 definitely a bit of an action movie. War um, movies are years are sometimes dramas, and this is also kind of a war movie. I don't know. It's a war. No, movie. I mean it is a war it's movie. Objectively, it's probably like the most war movie a war movie can get. But what's like the most like? It's just basically a drama. But there is one explosion in it. You know, like, what is that movie? I'm sure mm. one exists, but now I'm having a hard time racking my brain. Like, you know, like, not in a war scene, necessarily. Because, like, King's Speech may have explosions in it. I don't, I don't know, know why my do. brain just went to Chinatown, where there's that one scene where he gets his nose cut. <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. feels like a explosion, because <laughs> it's just so, like, <laughs> <laughs> But, I don't know. It's definitely not. Uh, an I don't know. Movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Goldfinch. <laughs> Goldfinch. Goldfinch does start with explosion. <laughs> starts with explosion, and then it's I don't know what the rest of it, it is. Flashbacks but it, to the explosion. I mean, times. D- does extremely loud and incredibly close have explosion? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's nine eleven. Yeah. God, oh, have you watched that movie? Richard I read the Jewell book. has explosion. <laughs> Richard, you'll definitely has a explosion. That's a movie about a explosion, though. Mm-hmm. But it's so a drama about loud explosion. and incredibly close. That, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is there a movie that is not about a explosion or a explosion event <laughs> that has a explosion in it? This vernacular we created of explosion <laughs> is just I I love the, it. It's what good. is the least explosion explosion movie? The least explosion explosion movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm like... going to have to think on this one. Let's reconvene next episode and, and figure it out. I mean, there's Zero Dark Thirty, which is, but I mean, when the explosion happens in that movie, you're like, 
what the fuck in the very right. beginning <laughs> no it's like in the middle it, it you don't see it coming we're talking I'm about not talking about 9/11. Okay. I'm talking about the car bomb in Zero Dark 30. I forgot about the car bomb. There's uh, Zero Dark 30 is a good movie. There's Marriage Story where at one point Adam Driver explosions into Every day I wake up and I wish that you were dead. That's no, emotional splosions don't, don't count. Yeah, there's there's a ton of emotional splosions. Hey, Cody, you were talking about Zero Dark 30. Who directed that, by the way? That was Catherine Bigelow. Is there anything else she's directed that has splosions in it? We t- I said it was her locker. Okay, I so wrote it. <laughs> trying to get us back to the movie. <laughs> we're talking about the movie. Splosions. We're talking about other splosions. Um, yeah, so this is it was 2009. We all yeah. had Navi fever. Um, and then the this Academy very did small... not. Right. Well, the Academy nominated. It had Nami Navi mm-hmm. fever. Yes. And it won yes. a lot of technical awards. Won a lot of techies. Um, but uh, but old Katie, but beat her ex. Yeah. Yes, and th- this was like it. I think the narrative really, really helped this movie because it. I mean, it's the smallest movie that's ever won Best Picture as far as like gross. It made like I no think money. Budget right? is close. Yeah, basically yeah. made no money, and it was going against the highest grossing movie of all time, oh, directed um, by the director's ex husband. Yeah, right. So there was just this really big narrative of like David and Goliath type it's things. Honestly, like my favorite Oscars narrative of our lifetime. Is like the narrative yeah, it's of like fun one. the exes kind of going up against each other with like right. small humble movie versus like the biggest movie of all time, and like right. from a director who directed the last biggest movie of all time, right? Um, yeah, no, it it was it was very interesting, and it's this is a Oscar year that I was kind of like more aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is definitely like the first like narrative competition that I remember or that I was aware of in Oscars. I, right. I was like aware of um, like the Brokeback Mountain, but I don't sure. think that I knew exactly what was going on there. I think it was like the Slumdog Millionaire year where I was like first started paying attention to Oscars sort of. Mm-hmm. And then this year I was more into it because of Dark Knight, right? We talked about that. Dark Knight mm-hmm. is part of. But also yeah, Avatar this year avatar that was a huge one i mean everyone kind of wanted to see if it was gonna i mean it made all the money we all kind of wanted to see if it was gonna win best picture too which like now it's like no (laughs) no it wasn't but at the time everyone had navi fever (laughs) everyone did yeah there was that whole like i see going on where people were like going in to depressions because they like saw Pandora and right. saw it was so beautiful. They saw it with their to, like live there. They saw it with their 3D glasses on. They got so immersed yeah. into Pandora. <laughs> I've been to Pandora. It's pretty good. I've not been to <laughs> wherever this movie takes place. Iraq <laughs> or no Iraq? Uh, yeah, right, I didn't know right. which one. Yeah, yeah, Iraq. But I also he think talks about really like good. how he had a tour in Afghanistan. But this this right. is Iraq. Yeah, right. I. It's also very interesting that this this comes definitely at a period of time where we are turning more and more against this forever war that is still mm-hmm. essentially not ended. It's ending the Afghanistan war is ending this year, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. But it's like we've been in there that long, and the point of this movie—not the point, but part of this movie—was 
we have been in there too long. Yeah. Um, which, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, this is the first time Catherine Bigelow works with Mark Bowl, uh, who was a journalist, I believe. Um, he was like embedded in a bomb disposal unit in Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And then he writes Zero Dark Thirty with her. He writes Detroit. Hmm. They are supposedly working on a Bo Bergdahl movie. I don't know if they're still working on that. Me from, either, but from, what is she working on? I don't know what she's working on. I can try to figure it out. I, think I hope that it's the, something. The Bo Bergdahl movie ended up just being Serial, serial season, season 3. I think or you're no, right. Sorry, season 2. I think a lot of his... Re- I need to re-listen to that season because towards the end I was like, I'm not really following what I'm supposed to be getting from this. Uh, serial Season 3 is pretty good. Um, it's um, it's a good podcast. Catherine Bigelow, uh, executive produced Triple Frontier. That's a good movie. That's and, a good movie that I want. She hasn't. Uh, she had. She like announced plans to make things in 2014, but nothing after that, according to Wikipedia. Mm. That's really disappointing because I I would really like to see her make something. I've seen all yeah. of her movies. I think I'd like this later era of Catherine Bigelow than any of her earlier stuff. Um, I haven't seen any of her earlier stuff, although I want to see um, Point Break Break, and also want to see Strange Days. Strange Days, pretty fascinating. So, like, I mean, if she if they handed her a big action movie, it's not that she like she'd be able to do it. You know, it's because she has like Point Break. Fast, the first Fast and Furious movie is basically a remake of Point Break. <coughs> so she kind of invented that template um, and then did Strange Days, which is like this futuristic like action movie. So it'd be really interesting to see her take on. I mean, like, do you do you know what I honestly want her to do if it's a, she's is, going to make a franchise? Is it movie? a is it a Marvel movie? No, I think it's based. I love Marvel movies. I think just saying your favorite director and then saying they should make a Marvel movie is not all that interesting because there's some directors who shouldn't make Marvel movies. And I don't know that I would love a Catherine Bigelow Marvel movie. She should reboot Born. Like, I think her kind that, of... Oh, that matches her suitability. Yeah. Yeah. I think a Born bring back, movie would Bring be back the Renner really cool Born. <laughs> sure. I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever. Um, or a born type movie, just like some kind of like spy espionage, mm-hmm. like thriller movie. I think Honestly, be... not to just bring it back to like massive franchise uh, nerd shit, but make that movie in the Star Wars universe and bring in Catherine Bigelow and I'm in. Like do a Cassian Andor she movie. Was make... That's like, yeah, if she was doing Andor, that'd be yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. She could do a lot of stuff. I just don't. Surely she's working, but if she's not, she, I mean, she's earned obviously the right to not work. She's made like 15 movies. Yeah. She's made more than James Cameron has. She's which also is a funny thing to think about. She's also 69 years old. So, like, she can retire if she wants to. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Detroit, which is not a bad movie, but I think Detroit the reaction to that movie made her pause for a bit because there were questions of like, was she really the person to make that particular movie? Um, I remember that being a lot of the conversation. Yeah. But I mean, 
if if that's your issue, just don't make another movie of, centered around like the persecution of black people. Right, 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 right. Um, and she might have like she's executive producer Triple Frontier, so I wonder if she was like originally going to work on that or something. Yeah, that feels like a movie that would be really interesting for her to direct, honestly, because it's about um, what are they called? I mean, mercenaries, but that's not the word that they military contractors. Yeah, it's about people who worked in that and then they're going um, to like steal money from a crime lord and it's got like a good cast i don't know i mean it's it's oscar isaac ben affleck um god there's a lot of people in it charlie hunnam um i want to say pedro pascal is in it frontier sounds right it's a good movie um jc oh mark bull wrote the screenplays that makes sense oh interesting uh, Garrett Hedlund uh, is the other person in it. So Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal. It's a good cast. Um, but this movie, uh, yeah, I'm assuming you guys had seen this before. It, it feels like one that we've all... I had... Before. Cody, we watched this together. It wasn't my first time, but in our Intro to Film Studies uh, class. Um, right? <laughs> Didn't we? Did we? Hillier's class, I guess. Intro to film studies, maybe. Yeah, uh, that was not. If you did, it was not one of the weeks that I snuck in. So, gotcha. <laughs> I, I definitely know remember, it was. In, maybe I remember we definitely watched this in his class because I remember one test question from this movie because it like cracked me up a lot. He basically modeled his a lot of his questions around like if you watched the movie, you'll be able to get this. If you didn't watch the movie, you won't. Yeah. And one question was like. How did the sound design, um, or which of these accurately like describes how the sound design worked in like the sniper scene? And one of them was like all the the silences and quietness of the scene really like puts you in the headspace of the characters. And and then one was like the Metallica music that's playing in the background really like amps you up and makes you feel like it's a cool (laughs) cool scene. And it was just like well, they're like. There is Metallica music in the movie. It's like so funny. There is Metallica music in the movie, but not in that scene. Not in that scene. Did we watch the full movie or did we just watch a clip? I think we watched the the full movie. I feel like we did. We may have. I don't really remember. It's got good sound design. Yeah, Um, I think it was. I think it was that chapter was like it was intro. So we had like a chapter on each uh, topic of film. The only movies I really remember well watching in that class was jason and the argonauts 2001 mm-hmm. and um tree of life because that's where i yeah. like, saw tree of life and was like mm, yes please um i, I remember even... watching memento in that class uh, that i was not taking i was just there we did oh, was watch memento memento. we watched sweet home alabama i remember that right. that, that was the genre chapter i want to say <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that was the the crowd pick the audience. It, no, the the crowd did pick it, but it was because of genre. We yeah, were about romantic comedy. But I think it was like Space Jam was the other option at one point. Or no, that it, was between Fantastic Mr. Options. Fox and Space Jam, and we ended up watching Fantastic Mr. Fox. That was for our animation. Uh, That's a yeah. good call. But also, like, movie. 
not to criticize our teacher, I don't think those would have been the only two options I gave for animated films personally. No, but, but you, know, you know, he's got to make it. I don't think I would have put Space point. Jam on my animation list. Like, if you're going to do that, do Roger Rabbit. Or yeah, I mean, Roger Rabbit did it better. Or even Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> True. God, what a good movie. Ah, <laughs> Steve Martin's great in that. He's having so much fun. It's great. That movie's good. People should rewatch it. Um, okay, so this movie, uh, Jeremy Renner, no, <laughs> Guy Pierce blows up. <laughs> That's where we start. Yes, Jeremy Guy Renner Pierce is here, up. but Guy, Guy Pierce blows up. Guy He's Pierce blows up. Guy Pierce blows up. And then Jeremy Renner shows up and he defuses bombs and he's doing it in kind of a like devil may care way. He's very <laughs> kind of just like he's a he's a real badass. Careless. He's 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 a badass. And Anthony Mackie is like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy so like, like, I'll be fine. They have like two months left in Iraq before they go yeah. home. And Anthony Mackie's like, he's in charge of like making sure everyone's safe and no, like there aren't any like people from outside that come and hurt anyone. And like Jimmy Renner's right. supposed to be like a part of the team and he just goes and defuses the bomb. But Jimmy Renner just like ignores Anthony Mackie's orders and is just yeah. like, I'm gonna go fuck he, with this bomb. And like, like takes well, off his like, headset holds a gun so up he can't to a guy. even hear it. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. a loose cannon. Loose cannon. I think the sequences in this movie are so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think each, like, individual sequence is really great, really tense. Each sequence could kind of be its own short film, which is really yes. cool. I mean, it's... this could be a TV show, like, a really, really solid season of TV. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Each, like, defusal um, or mission or whatever is, like, its own episode, and it's just, like, yeah. real time. Yeah. yeah. It could work. I, like... I, I love the car bomb sequence where they start seeing the guy with the video recorder or with the camera. Oh, it's so and intense, they start getting yeah. worried about that. Love that. I love the sequence where um, he, it, I mean, just the moment, I think it's his first one when he finds the one bomb and then he picks it up and it's all of those bombs tied <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I mean, that's like the iconic moment. I think that was like the poster was that like the strings attached to all the bombs. Like, yeah, yeah, it's I I think the cypress, the sniper sequence is so good. It's very like, you know, like Mm -hmm. Chad kind of talked about with the sound design. It's very like quiet and still. Mm -hmm. And you like see them like, you know, the flies crawling on them because they're not moving and they're like. I love oh, like so the good. the shot will go off and then you like wait a couple seconds and then it makes contact over because they're so far so away. So good, so yeah, good, so good. so good. Um, like it, it shoots and then it falls because bullets fall like mm-hmm. after that far mm-hmm. and then like they have to adjust and it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a good sequence. Yeah. Um, what also the- they also drink Capri Sun in that sequence. They also so drink good. Capri Sun, but yeah, and like people just like keep getting killed one by one like uh yeah. ray finds is in that scene and he just gets shot in the chest and dies <laughs> right yeah is, is there think... a sequence that doesn't work in the movie for you guys um um i think the one that works the least is the one with the kid but i also love it i mean i i think that they all work really well the kid that he um, thinks is uh beckham yeah and then he goes like gets his friend injured because he's like yeah. kind of trying to get revenge 
Yeah. Right. I think when they find the body and they realize that it's a body bomb, I think that mm-hmm. part of that sequence is really good and really like terrifying. Mm-hmm. But and when also, he becomes like, a vigilante of sorts and like breaks yeah. in that house yeah, and he's doing the Jason Bourne kind of thing. thing yeah. That that's when it gets a little weak, but at the same time, he ultimately just leaves. And so it still works for me. If he had actually mm-hmm. carried out like a revenge mission. I would have been like, yeah, uh, okay, well, that's not quite what this movie it's is. It's weird because he breaks into that house and it's like this like European kind of guy who yeah. like seems very much like a bomb maker. He's like, oh, are you CIA? I've been expecting a CIA guy to come visit me. Like I like basically saying like I've been waiting to get caught. So like, right here we are. And I think he just gets freaked out so much by the fact that like he did just break into a guy's house. And yeah. he does have no evidence. <laughs> right. Um, and it's also like this guy does is not like the Iraqi that he thought he was going to be. Exactly. He's like freaked out and runs away. I think yeah. it's so cool because it is shot in a way that is like a born. Like it really does make you feel like it's a spy movie. He's like breaking in. I think it's like it does very well at like the movie that he thinks he's in in that moment. It kind of makes that movie yeah. feel like for a second yeah and then for it to be like i am in over my head i have to like leave i i think is is really really interesting um yeah i don't i think this movie's good i don't mm-hmm. know i, I like think, so i mean it's really we've good. talked a lot about like the intensity of all these sequences but i think yeah the movie doesn't really work unless and i think the movie does work because it does accomplish this it like it's not just intense, intense, intense. It also captures this like monotony of war. Like it's almost like things are yeah, I think that's... boring at times until they're just like, oh, now it's life and death. It's like, oh, run in the think... middle. And then it's this yeah. weird combination that really, really, really works. I think one of the smartest things this movie does is you never see them get orders from anybody. Mm-hmm. You never see top brass explain the reasoning why it is very much they just show up to something and they have to accomplish this Mm -hmm. task what why because there's a bomb there and they just have to do it but it's not like there's a larger strategy of like okay we gotta attack here because there might be people here blah 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 blah, blah. you know there's normally that bigger kind of thinking in war movies this makes it seem like like a job it's the most like normal guys showing up for work a war movie has ever felt and yes, uh, yes. It's yeah. to the testament of the movie like i you, know, you don't I get that, that from like any other war movie really like smart. i think like saving private ryan we've talked about on the podcast you know it, what it, the specific mission is the it, whole it time. feels so epic in scale right. it's like and so noble and so like everyone's mm-hmm. on the right side of things and this is just like a little more muddy it's like we don't really know what we're doing here we just have to do our mission it's like it's what we're it's what we're doing and, but it's part of this forever I, I, I just war, think it yeah like mm-hmm. they don't we kind of think yeah. we shouldn't be in this war but we just gotta do our job. I, I just think it's so good that they just are like yeah like you said they just do it because they it's the job that needs to get done there's mm-hmm. no larger kind of question of the task or anything like that it is yeah. truly like this and is I what think we were that- told to do Part of that is because they're bomb disposers. Disposers, they're like, you know, as long as they keep making bombs, they're going to keep disposing them. And it's not like they hack. None of their missions are complex, so it's not like right. it's not like I wish I could see where their sergeant told them what to do because I I don't follow. It's like no, there's a bomb and they have to unbomb it. No, right. yeah, it's it's not that we need the explanation, but I think 
I not think it, having yeah. it at all really makes it just feel like, yeah, just just like a job. More. I mean, it's similar when they when they sh- find the military contractors in the desert. It just becomes their job in that moment to fight the other people. Why? Yeah. What are those people there for? We know that the contractors are like capturing and, them for bounties, but like, yeah. why? Like, there's, right there, at the, you know, like at the beginning of that sequence, they like capture the contractors because it's like they don't know. It's just like, oh, you're wearing a turban. We think you're probably uh, right, an enemy. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a big miscommunication. Like we're on the same right. team, and asshole. Is, what and like right. the and only proof that they're on the same team is that like they're both white and they both speak English. Like, yeah, exactly. Could yeah, also be true, like basically. he's a bounty hunter. He could be taking bounties from anyone. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But they I, they do team up, and I, I also just, Ray Fiennes dies. I I love that so much of the like the day to day job of war. Yeah, I, I just think that's a really cool, like, cool. You guys know what I'm saying. There. Interesting. But yeah. Interesting. I think that's just a really interesting approach that we don't necessarily see a lot. And it's like a high stress job, obviously. Yeah, I mean, there are bombs like, that need diffusing, <laughs> but it's still But a they job. also do a, a good job of like showing the in between moments of mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, I love, I think it's. I don't remember what it's after, but they're like one of the guys is talking to like the therapist or like the priest. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, if I had pulled my trigger, my friend would be alive. And right. I didn't. And he's just like sitting there pulling the trigger like he's dead. He's alive. He's dead. Yeah. He's alive. And yeah. it's just like, oh, this guy like feels that he's responsible for his friend's and, death and has nothing mm-hmm. to distract him from that thought. That yep. character, I think, is like. Probably my favorite in the movie, I don't even remember his name, but the the one who was like wrestling with the fact that like uh, i guess it was uh, uh guy pierce that had died and then right. he was wrestling with that and he had that close relationship with the therapist and he is just like clearly being just so obviously traumatized and that sniper sequence yes. he is like he he's like almost inconsolable he's like so scared of dying um and then when the therapist gets killed uh he can't accept it like he's i think he's like literally holding his head in his hand and he can't accept that he's like Mm -hmm. dead um yeah Mm -hmm. because it's just war man it's just a bad thing no one should ever be no one should ever have to go through that but renner's is clearly like unfazed like he's just laying in his bed listen to fucking metallica (laughs) like just numbed out of his mind just like 100 percent manly mask macho right renner is the adrenaline junkie Mm -hmm. i live for this shit kind of thing mackie is your kind of like i'm here i'm gonna do the job he's like the most noble like he he's like yeah your good guy soldier who just like he's making the sacrifice for for what he thinks is right and like he's a good dude and then there's this and he will come out of the war who's like, yeah just right Mackie will come out of the war mostly okay like obviously mm-hmm. he will have seen some shit and it will mess yeah. with him but he will come out mostly okay jeremy renner's already addicted to it that's what the mm-hmm. ending of the movie he is. can't yeah. escape quit. it but I the, mean, the yeah, kid yeah. is going to be fucked up forever like yeah. that that is kind of the implication physically and mentally he'll never be the same like he'll, he'll be lucky to walk again in six months uh the last we see right. him as he's being loaded on the helicopter yeah and Mackie, both Mackie and Renner, they were 
doing some job before they got moved to this. I can't remember. Well, what. I they think had that a Rinner was just like doing this job at other places, mm-hmm. and Mackie was an intelligence officer. Intelligence, so right. like a basically yeah. like a CIA guy, right? Who had he was like I've done stuff all over the place, right? So both of them had kind of experience, and the kid feels like a kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think having those characters really mm-hmm. and and Mackie and really Renner well. don't get along very well, and it's no. part of that's because Renner is has like no consideration for anyone else's like well being, and he also except like for the except for the kind, kid, like he kind of has a heart for, kid. for him. Yeah, he, like he wants to like make sure he's okay in certain sequences. Um, well, I I think what I mean by that is that he doesn't care for Mackie's plan, and I think part of that yeah. is because Mackie is like trying to make sure no one dies and i think that renner kind of wants to die yeah um, i think there's just no consideration die, i think he's like I'm he's going to like be yeah he's like i'm gonna walk in there and do the bomb and if the bomb blows up then i die and that's fine right um and and that just doesn't connect but after the sniper scene you know they have like their bonding moment of wrestling <laughs> bonding until it's ends not, up bonding not being and... very yeah it's yeah, like they're, they're bonding but they're also like very much like trying to out alpha each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And Renner like very much wins. Mackie pulls a knife out and then Renner holds like holds the knife closer to his neck. And it was like, do it. Right. Um, that's, how you, I, that's how you win an alpha off. I, I think it's, it's <laughs> right. key to this movie too, that they, Renner could have just been like the unfeeling war machine, but, uh, but they do give him moments. No, Hey, war like, machines, the other black guy. In DC, in Marvel. Yeah. Um, but they, he, <laughs> instrument of war type, he could just be unfeeling and that sort of thing. But I do think they give him moments. I think the stuff with this kid or when he goes back home, I remember that hitting me more when I first watched it. I, on this rewatch, I was like, man, this is, they he is barely there it is such oh, a short oh it's sequence. very short but i think it's really powerful i mean like the jump cut from iraq to being in a grocery store right is just so like jarring. it's a it's so jarring like the lighting's completely different and just like a shot of like every cereal on the face of the earth <laughs> is like you can see how it's overwhelming to go from like all of the sand to you know 15 boxes of different types of lucky charms right. like it's just a different world. And he, um, I, I love what he says to his son. I, I don't love it as in like, I want my father to say it to me, but it's very like revealing where he's like, you know, like if most people only love two things. So like hold those close. And he's like, mm-hmm. I think I only love one. And then it cuts Cut to him to going back to war. Yeah. For another year. Yeah. The countdown, there's like that countdown through the whole movie and it starts over at 365 days until that yeah. uh, mission is over. Ugh. And you can kind of tell by his face that he's like excited to be back home in Iraq. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah the yeah. whole the whole at home sequence where he's you know with his wife and or ex wife whatever that situation is current and, wife and kid. Um, he just doesn't feel at home the whole time. He feels like a fish out of water. Like th- that Iraq, the war, that's and it's also he- partly because he has nothing to do. Yeah. Like, I no think thrill. that's something that happens with mm-hmm. well, for Matt, for Renner. Yes. Thrill. But I do think that's sometimes a hard thing for when vets get back is they are just left with a lot of time on their hands. 
of like, you know, the military is pretty structured and you have Mm -hmm. specific things to do. And then you get back and you can try and get a civilian job or you just retire and or you go into security or you go into a civilian job, but right. Still very military. But Mm -hmm. if you're like Renner, who is still in the military, he's essentially just on leave. You're just sitting there being like, what do I have to do? Like you just have all that time. And I think time, I mean, not that being in quarantine is like being in war, but I do think it gave us a glimpse of a bit of like, when you're just left with a lot of free time, what do you do? You start getting a little like cabin fever or. Yeah. And especially it's like, you know, there are the things that I enjoy doing, but I can't like defuse a bomb or be on the very edge of death, right? You know, in America with my family. Yeah, I mean, probably maybe you could. should just go to. He would just have to go to <laughs> well, high schools, yeah, could right? Yeah, that, just... that, go to high schools. That's that's the place where you face death most often in America. Um, I'm depressed. <laughs> Our world's bad, aren't we all? It's been it's been a trying yeah, been... time. Yeah, it has been. But we're all in this. Anything together. else on this movie? Nothing else is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we've. I feel like we've covered it. No, we did. We could. Good. We could. We got our. We could talk about our alumni. Yeah, let's do. Or it. do we want to do? Um, okay. Do you guys want to do Cape Check first or alumni first? Let's alumni, do alumni first. first. Okay. And Ray Fines was in Schindler's List, so I know that. Yes. 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 And um, the English basic. And yep, the English patient, <laughs> most forgettable yep. movie we've covered. Uh, yep. Either that or Shakespeare um, Love, one of those two. Renner was in, in Infinity War. And no, he War. wasn't. No, he wasn't. Ooh. You're right. He wasn't. Renner. Have we talked about Renner before? No, I don't think so. Okay. We've talked about Mackie before because he is in Infinity War. Yes. And Million Dollar Baby. And Million Dollar Baby. He is That's a Million right. Dollar Baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Anybody Guy, else? Guy Pierce, Guy Pierce is maybe. in. Uh, he's in the Christmas movie we did uh, with with Jason. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Isn't he in that? No. Is he not? Uh, in that? That's not on the document. No. He, is he in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No. Um, so. You are thinking was. of Val Kilmer, my friend. Val Kilmer is yeah, in that movie, not. but I thought he's somebody in that. He's uh he's he's not in that okay yeah. not according to Wikipedia which I trust I trust Wikipedia um those are the only two alumni according to the list that we have oh okay um right. so you we mentioned uh Anthony Mackie and Jeremy Renner who are both Marvel Supers. alumni for Kate yeah yeah anybody else so uh Guy Pierce is in Iron Man three yes yep. also in Bloodshot. Yep. Yep. He plays the the main scientist guy in Bloodshot and then he's Adrian Killen in uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh Ray Fiennes is Voldemort, which is basically a superhero. Not a superhero. He is in Lego Batman though, so that counts. Yeah. Okay. He plays Voldemort in Lego Batman. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. No, he that plays is- Alfred in Lego Batman. Does oh, he? But, but he Voldemort also plays Voldemort. Also in 
I don't know. Let me look up who played Voldemort in Lego Batman. That, I mean, that's hilarious. It's Ray Fiennes. It has to be. Um, it probably is, but I would not count that towards, towards Cape Check because he is not a superhero. I guess I would probably count that. Yeah, yeah. he's in, he's in a superhero it's movie. Just if they're in a superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. God, and the, Evangeline funny. Lily is also the Wasp. Is that other one? Yes. Yes, Evangeline Lily. She but is the Wasp. not in Infinity War. So not Cape Check, Infinity but War. not an alumni. Yeah. It's it's funny that we have four uh, MCU people and only only one of them is in Infinity War. Well, that one, is funny. One's a villain who's dead. <laughs> right. No DCs in this one. Well, uh, I mean, like Batman. Oh right, 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 right. I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's not DCEU or whatever they call it these days. Sure. Worlds of DC. Is Rolf, is he in one of the Kingsmen? Um, by the yeah. way, Eddie Eddie Izzard vo- voiced Lord Voldemort that's in Lego Batman. No that's way. <laughs> yeah. That's they had the real weird. Voldemort there. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't use him. That's hysterical. Insane. Um, Rolf Fiennes is in the King's Man, but that movie still has not come out. Mm. So yeah, yes, that's true. <laughs> which is There's wild certain movies it's pushed like, to 2022 i think that Same movie is one that i cannot accept has not come out yet peter rabbit 2 is another one where it's like oh yeah no, that one definitely peter rabbit came 2 out, right has come out like three times by yes. now <laughs> oh it's funny uh, a quiet place 2 definitely came out last year uh, yeah <laughs> definitely did i think it's i think it's so funny like all the movies the movies that are like fucked up in my opinion are the ones that were 2020 releases that have already been pushed to 2022 those yes. movies are fucked up in my brain i'm like i don't so that's but the also King's just Man. like that's death on the nile but also black widow is so fucked up like it was supposed to come out like may of last year a year ago before yeah. two other marvel properties that have come out since then and it still hasn't come out it's crazy two years in between marvel films that's never happened since it started basically yeah Yeah. wild um okay some other things about this movie it made 49.2 million on a 15 million dollar budget not bad but it's low for an oscar winner um 97 on rotten tomatoes 3.7 on letterbox which feels a little low but letterbox it seems like skews a little low sometimes yeah um oscar nominations well, it's because rotten tomatoes you either give it 100 percent or a zero percent right um the oscar noms for this movie best actor for renner best cinematography best score uh did not win those did win best director and best picture though the first woman to ever win best director and only the third to be nominated right uh there have been three no, oh, no. Okay, hold on. There had been three up to this point. It was Jane Campion, Barbara Streisand, and Catherine Bigelow. Right, and now and we then have... now it's Greta and, and Chloe Zhao and Chloe Emerald Zhao. Fennell. Yeah, and Chloe Zhao's the second. Oh, one. I forgot Emerald Fennell um, was uh, nominated for director too. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, first it also movie, right. Yes, promising yep. moment. Insane. Um, <laughs> what a wild yeah. beginning of a career. She has an already had. Emmys for her uh, killing Eve, right? Yeah. For, right. No, I don't think so. 
I don't think she won. I forgot she came from Killing um, Eve because I don't really know anyone well, that watches that show. So it's kind of not crown. on my radar. She's uh, an actress in The Crown. Okay. Um, Another show but, I didn't uh, watch because there's too much television. Supposedly it's good. Um, it also won original screenplay, film editing, sound mixing, sound editing. Mark, can you look up who won Best Actor in 2009 unless I can pull it from my brain? Um, yes. Uh, by the way, she did win an Emmy for Killing Eve. Oh, okay. There you go. Interesting. Um, give so me she's a- an EO. She's a captain. Um, like Gwyneth Paltrow. She's yes. Captain. Very good. EO. Uh, uh, let me get back to this. Uh, that's the joke, Chad. I see you making a blank face at me. I I just don't um, think I get it. What's the joke? Best actor instead of an egot. Yeah, you got that. The E G O T. It's an E O. An E O. Yeah. I call them the captains because of Captain E O, the Disneyland attraction that star that was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, written by George Lucas, starring Michael Jackson. Oh, I didn't know that was. Look up Captain thing. EO. You should know about Captain EO. I don't know about Captain EO. I know about EO. Captain I'm EO. Sorry. I'm not a Disney World person. <laughs> um, Disneyland. Captain EO well, well, is a 1986 American 3D science fiction film that was shown at Disney theme parks from 1986 through 1998. So, yeah, I hadn't gone to a Disney park by 1988. Yeah, but by me, I've heard it referenced like a more. million times, though, weirdly. Yeah, it's a reference point. It's right. crazy. And it was in Epcot as well. So I apologize for correcting yes. you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I don't remember you correcting me, but I do appreciate it. Um, the best actor of 2009 was Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart. Right. That's come up a couple times and we keep forgetting it because none of us have seen that movie. And, you know, everyone kind of acknowledged that's kind of just like a, a gimme award for not nominating him for uh, Iron Man, right? <laughs> For Iron I was like Man, trying to yeah. figure out what Jeff Bridges movie came out around then that you are referencing. It's a makeup for Tron, you know. <laughs> uh, Tron Legacy, which came out like <laughs> two years later. I yeah yeah. Uh, the year one year later, later. Yeah. 2010. Um, guys, is this movie better than Inglorious Bastards? Well, hey, before we get there, do we oh. want to talk about the other nominees for Best Picture? Yes. Because sure. Mar- this we watched them. This is the first, the first ten nominee year, and they this is did the first time we're playing the game of what would be the five, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, Ooh, so we got Hurt Locker, like Avatar, Blindside, wow. District Nine, In Education, Wow, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, wow. based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire, Yeah, A, a Serious Man. Up wow. and up in the air. Wow. 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 Okay. <laughs> A so I'll build wild right year. Catch that. We have two action movies. Yeah. We have an animated movie. Right. We one have two base. Oh, one of three that gets a best picture nom, but two so, during the 10. Yeah. I'm keeping the Hurt Locker. I'm keeping a Glorious Bastards. You're not, Chad, you're not picking your five. What do I you think, think that, the Academy should, would have done? I think that we should do both. I think oh, that oh, each of us should pick our well, five and then we should together to figure out what the Academy would I don't, pick. I don't really understand the prompt then. Like, what would the Academy kick out? I don't Well, okay. Yeah, what were the top five? I what don't know. Do they think they were didn't the kick top... out. They, they kept all 10. So I'm just worried about what I'm going to do. And that's no pressure. Shut up. And that's I no will hear your... this part of the game then. <laughs> I will play both parts of the game. <laughs> no pressure. So, what are no your five? Uh, I haven't seen Up in the Air, but I imagine cut that one out as well. 
You can um, lose it. It's good. You can lose it's it. It's very good. Uh, I've already lost. Is it listed out on the document anywhere? Um, no. It's not. Uh, okay, so Hurt Locker, you keep. I keep that. I keep Inglorious. A- Avatar? I keep Avatar. Blindside? I do not keep Blindside. <laughs> District 9? I haven't seen District 9. Uh, I probably don't keep it, no. though. And education. I don't keep it. <laughs> so pastors. Chad's got three. Uh, okay, what about Precious? So I, uh, don't keep Precious. Yeah, it is a three nom year. Wait, wait, Honestly, wait, wait. I'll just a take serious y'all's man. noms. You, oh, uh, keep a serious, serious man. man? Uh, keep a serious man, yeah. Okay. Over those if, other ones. If I'm doing my five, it's Hurt Locker and Gloria's up. Up in the air. Avatar, probably. I was about to say you're going to leave... Uh, avatar out can't leave um, tar out i probably you do hurt locker up? yeah right. for my personal yeah all right. a, movie a lot of these movies aren't good in my opinion a movie that you famously yeah. claim is overrated but yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good list honestly um i go hurt locker avatar um inglorious bastards a serious man and then probably Either District Nine or an education. I like both of those kind of equally. Yeah, an education's not bad. In District Nine, I loved at the time, but I don't think I would care about now. Okay, if we're talking about what the Academy would kick out, yes, right? This District is Nine what I'm most is in. not making it. District, District Nine, nine does not make it straight to the curve. Yeah. Um, up is up gone as well. Yeah, because I think up is gone because we already have the air. animated category. So, yeah, and it won the animated category. I mm-hmm. think Blindside and. Precious. And precious get out and then i think they might keep the, the blind side mm, no it only really had support for bullock so that's the kind of thing mm. like you got to keep in mind for it i guess that's true i and think she ended up, up winning for stays. that right she did end up winning she did i think up in the air stays because it Anna Kendrick got a Best Supporting Actress nomination for that. George Clooney got a Best Actor nomination. It got screenplay. Juno had been huge. And Jason Reitman also got a Best Director nomination. That absolutely stays in the So you think then. A Serious Man gets lost? I think A Serious yeah, Man is probably, probably the does. one that gets lost. Yeah. Wild. I watched that movie for the first time and absolutely love it. I'm mixed and Chad doesn't I like it. don't love it. It's my least favorite Coen Brothers movie that I've seen. Wow. Um, but I think I, I mean, can understand that, but yeah. I just connected with it really, really hard. You could just call, go ahead and call me a serious man. So I think, I think the the five are the Hurt Locker, Avatar, and Education, Up in the Air. What is Inglorious the one I'm Bastards? Inglorious Bastards. I think those are your five. Yeah, I think I, those are the Oscars five. I I definitely think that an Education has to squeeze in as the obligatory. Uh, British British drama, drama like of British that era yes. post-war drama. Yeah. yeah. It's it's by far the best of the British dramas that have sure. been nominated up to yeah. this point. I mean it, it it fills the reader slot of the previous year. Also, like that I think was a Weinstein movie, which you couldn't discount Yuck. at this point in time. Um, um not a Weinstein movie. Who made it? Not um Fin- uh, the producers are listed as Fenella Dwyer and Amanda Posey. Yeah, tell me the production company. Um, uh, BBC Films, Endgame Entertainment, Fenella Dwyer Productions. 
it's not Weinstein. No, but there's not a bigger distributor. I mean, Sony Classics. Sony Classics. But it's a British movie, so. Right, right. But Sony Classics, yeah, they would have gotten it in the the five. Yeah. I feel pretty confident with saying those are the five. I definitely think an education would have been nominated. Yeah. So that means you're losing, to recap, you're losing Up, Precious, Blindside, District 9, and what's the? Oh, no. Uh. The were there side. only nine? The blind side. I said blind side. Blind side, District 9, a Serious Precious, man. Serious Man, Up. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the five you lose. But, I am pretty but, confident that's what would have happened. And what happens there is you lose two black focus movies. Yep. Uh, an action movie, an animated movie, right. and a movie directed by previous winners. Um, yeah. Which, like, I, I think that because the Coens just won. They might have gotten a nomination for a serious man. Tell me who the director nominations were. Bigelow, Cameron, Tarantino, Jason Reitman, and Lee Daniels. Whoa. Okay. So precious may have had more support than I realized. It was huge back in 2009. It's not a good movie. It is. It's like actively. It had so much hype. I mean, if you watch like, I mean, I know like, uh, the office has like a reference to it. If you go back and like right. watch those old episodes, yeah. like it was, it Cody, was, it you was were saying, huge. you were saying yeah. that up in the air stays because it has a best. It has all of those acting nominations. Yeah. Um, Precious one supporting actor was nominated for best actress and one screenplay. Wild. Maybe an education does get kicked then. I think up in the air gets kicked over over education, uh, but with Reitman getting the director and a writing and those two Oscar things and the love for Juno, I don't think it does. It's a shame. Education yeah. is better than both of those movies. I think. Although well, I haven't really seen Up in good. the Air in a long time. Up in the Air is know, really. They all good. got the numb, so it's all they all, all got the all's numb. well that ends but, well. So we're gonna play this game every time because it's something me and Mark like to like discuss because it's a question a f- that has I, no I, real answer. I, I enjoyed the discussion too. It's not just you two. Yeah, it's fun. But now that you understand the premise, you may be more okay. Like, next time you'll but, play more. But here's my thing: those five movies that we said would have gotten the cut are better than the five movies nominated the year before. But can you remind me of what those are? Slum Dog. Yeah. Benjamin Button, which is good. That's yeah, good. Frost Nixon, which is um, I like it. A, a another <laughs> British production. It's Ron uh, Howard making doing his job. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's Milk and it's The Reader. Yeah, there. This is a better five than those movies. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, if they had kept the five, mm-hmm. nominated the ones that they normally nominate, yeah, it would have been a good year. This is going to be the fun from here on out discussion because I believe there should always be 10 just straight up. Mark thinks there always should be five and the Oscars have done neither (laughs) since that point. This is the only year there's 10. So we will do the, what was the 10 slot? It's infuriating. Oh, there's 10 the next year too. Okay. So after that one, we will do what is the 10th, the ninth or 10th slot. And then we also do what would just make the five, which will be easy in years when there's eight, because you just have to kick three out. Cut it out three. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited to watch a lot of these holes, but also because I have fewer holes. In holes like, came out in like 2004. Good one. Uh, in like in the 2010s, I have watched more of the Oscar nominations, even though there are yeah. more nominees. I've watched most of them in most of the years, as opposed yeah, to like the, 
I hadn't watched any of the nominees. The in a lot of ones years. I have left are like movies that I kind of don't want to watch. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's hidden fig- figures, which I do want to watch. You haven't seen hidden to. figures, oh, but I, I haven't need to. seen hidden. Fences is another one I didn't get to, but someone do doesn't watch. work at a math business. No, um, but like I, I have Hacksaw Ridge left, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch Hacksaw. Sure, Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge is good. Next year, I mean, next year, all I have to watch is the kids are all right. I just watched that one. It's a good movie. 127 hours, which movie, Chad is watching for a pick. Yeah. yeah. And then Black Swan, which I've been meaning to watch anyway. You are also movie. watching that for a pick. Spoiler alert. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Then so all I have to have really to go out of my way for is The Kids Are All Right, which I wanted to watch the year of anyway. So. Really good movie. Yeah. I like the movie. Excuse me. All right. Chad's going to sleep and he's three hours ahead of us. So we probably yeah. should wrap this up. I had a three very ahead or behind. Three behind. intense beer that was uh, 9% ABV. So. It feels like I've had three beers in a way. Ah, uh, is this movie better than Inglorious Bastards? I can go first. No, yeah. go ahead. it's not. Inglorious Bastards is better, but this is a very good movie. And like, I'm not mad that it won Best Picture, but in my opinion, Inglorious Bastards is just a better movie. Cody, I'm going to need you to go next. Yeah, I'm going to go Hurt Locker, actually. Okay. Um, I do like Hurt Locker a lot. I also like Inglorious Bastards a lot, but I think what this one is doing with war and stuff, I'm mm-hmm. a little more interested in. Yeah. I I I know Tarantino's style is interesting. We've we've talked about it a lot, but I think this kind of like gritty realism for this particular movie, I'm more interested in for this particular movie. I don't want it to apply to every movie, but I'm more interested in this movie. I think. Yeah, I'm like torn between the two. I think that uh Inglorious right, Bastards. Natalie and Brulia. Um what? Yeah. She torn. sings the song Torn. Okay. Uh, I'm torn. Yeah, I don't listen to this. This is how it feels. Yeah. Lying naked on the floor. Yeah, that song, that song sounds inappropriate, and I don't really listen to music. It's a good it song. Was all over the radio. <laughs> I'm torn. When is this like a now? 90s. Is, is, late nineties. Oh no, nah, late nineties. I was gonna say yeah. early two thousands. So I'd, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Natalie is Ambrosia with an I. Yes. Okay. I am me. Um. Look, I'm. We'll get I'm, back. We we're talking about earlier. I'm pop culturally um, really stupid sometimes. So I'm yeah. Sorry. That was a cover. Yeah, it was. It is one of those famous like songs that's more famous for the cover version than the regular version. Hmm. Like hurt anyway. By Johnny Cash by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Um from Logan. <laughs> the original song. The original from Logan. <laughs> yeah, J- Johnny Cash recorded for Logan. <laughs> Before he died, they were like, listen, in 20 years, read this comic book and write us a song about how you feel. I can only imagine Johnny Cash reading the part where Wolverine jumps out of the the inbred Hulk son's (laughs) stomach. And he's that's what killed him. He's like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, Guys, yeah, I don't I don't like the original old man Logan story all that much. Uh, But Logan the movie is wild. Um, it's too edgy for me. So, Inglorious Bastards, probably one of my favorite Tarantinos. Um, 
but I love the Hurt Locker. And part of that might just wow. be because of my connections to this Oscar time. Yeah. Um, I'm not as familiar with Catherine Bigelow's style. So maybe I'm not just like, I've seen like a, a dozen Tarantino movies and I've only seen two Catherine Bigelow movies. So maybe that's the difference. Um, but I, ugh, this is hard. Um, I might have to go with. Listen to your heart. Another Wait, early. Did you just come up with that off the top of your head? I've never heard this. Ah. <laughs> uh, when she's calling for you, listen to your heart. Okay, shut up. I'm just going to go with the Hurt Locker. Agree right. with the Oscars this year. I know that was tough. This is maybe the, the, yeah. the four best movies we nominated in a year. And I know I answered really quickly. Um, I'd like to say I was torn. Um, I was not more on. torn than I maybe let let on, but I'm not mad right. about this. This is a good. This is a good movie. Good pick. And I, I hear you, I hear you, Cody. Like the, the this movie's take on war is more what I'm into generally. Mm-hmm. But I do and love I Tarantino's that- like revisionist history, like basically creating fairy tales and like just punishing horrible people from history. I, I like that. Yeah, he does that. I. I think that this is also like more than most war movies. It's about masculinity yes. and it's about how addictive war is. Yes. My, my letterbox review for those who don't follow me was like, man gets addicted to saw traps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, like, I like envision it as an onion headline. It's like man gets mm-hmm. addicted to saw traps, goes around the world to get trapped in them. <laughs> like, right. He is just like, he just wants and, to be on the verge of death and yeah. he doesn't, and on the topic, I just realized uh, that we didn't talk about the the suicide, the forced suicide bomber um, mm-hmm. segment, which is really good. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Uh, the thing is, this isn't even my favorite Catherine Bigelow movie because I really do. I haven't rewatched it in a while, but I was so blown away by Zero Dark Thirty. I know that is a movie hmm. that has a complicated legacy now because it's not a hundred percent accurate because they were being given information that has kind of been proven to not be true in some of the cases of like the torture in the movie is portrayed as fucking horrible. Like it is portrayed as awful, but the movie, but in the movie they do get answers and there's not actually a lot of proof that we really got any answers from torture. But again, that is what the, the writers were being told like it's not something I necessarily hold against the movie but I understand that makes it a complicated legacy um, and it like weirdly came out like not that long after Bin Laden died like yeah, it came yeah. out so really soon after the really history fast. of that movie is it was originally going to be like a, you don't get the closure you wanted and like right. that was that was how it was written it was going to be like the uh, Zodiac um, right, which I haven't seen Zodiac, but I mean, good movie. We, we don't know who the Zodiac killer was, so it's it's like about that. And uh, this, this was going to be about like aimlessly, yeah. Ted Cruz is dead is one guess. No, I'm not even saying that. I, the, the movie gives you a pretty strong <laughs> sure, argument sure, that sure, it's sure. one guy, but we mm-hmm. just don't have all the evidence. But yeah, Zero Dark Thirty was going to be about like aimlessly like searching for Bin Laden and never finding him, and then they had to change the ending. Uh, like, yeah, I would almost prefer that movie, though. I would. I right? think I might prefer a movie where it's like we're torturing people 
and demoting our entire lives mm-hmm. and getting nothing out of it. And then but it's that, like, I don't know, torturing the guy was worth it. It almost becomes like an end justifies the means movie in a way, but like yeah, that was not the original goal at right. all. Yeah. And yeah. I think the movie still does a pretty good job of being like, what is the cost of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Bin Laden sequence, like, is kind of one of the best directed film sequences. <laughs> kind of. Just, I think it's. I remember it giving me chills. I don't remember much about the movie other than that sequence. Um, it's, I'll, it's, I'll, I'll look forward to rewatching it. But movie, well, there's no reason to actually because oh, it no didn't one, win anything. And is no one picking? I don't it? think we're picking it. No, I don't think so. So but this is really your. Good. This is the winner of the year for you, and it's yeah. not even your favorite Bigelow, but it's another movie for you that year. Thing is, I really like this movie, and maybe if I rewatch Zero Dark Thirty, I would like this one better. But I know, like. I watched Zero Dark Thirty when it came out and was like, mm. it starts with the 9-11 phone calls. Like it's like it's a yeah. really effective movie. Um yeah, I don't know. The final scene of that movie is also amazing. Yeah. Um that movie did give us serious actor Chris Pratt, though. So maybe take that back. <laughs> yeah. Did more harm um, than good, really, at the end of the day. So <laughs> No, I like, Has I like he done movie. many serious roles other than that, though? Because like Star Lord's not serious. I guess Owen Jurassic World is, is relatively serious. serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Owen. Passengers is serious. Magnificent Seven is serious. Is Magnificent Seven serious? Seven. I, I actually more... haven't seen Magnificent Seven. My uh, my impression of that movie is it was kind of comedic, but I could be maybe a little. It. But it's an action movie. Passengers is such a fascinating movie because that's a movie that like could have been a masterpiece, but then they cast the two people who they did. And it's not that the two people they did are bad actors. It just changed what the movie was about because they adjusted it because it was Pratt. Um, We enter the J-Law era next year because she gets Winner's Bone nomination next year. Yeah, Winner's Bone. Bone. Good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Okay, but let's stop talking about let's talk about like movies that are like coming soon in 2021 that we're looking forward to and also tell people where they can find us on the internet or the podcast we're gonna appear on oh you can oh gosh okay well sorry first (laughs) words were out of my mouth as you started talking i'm sorry who's going first i missed the conversation (laughs) i will will go go first first. because you're clearly frantically searching no i got it i got Um, it well, fuck you. The movie I'm looking forward to might not technically count because it comes out before this episode releases, but yeah, it came out like this weekend, fine. and it's War of the Dead Army or something like that. Army of the God. Dead. Army of the Dead. Look, I don't know the name of this movie. It's a zombie movie, and it's He's a looking Snyder forward cut. to it so much. He's tried to talk to it to us about it so much before the podcast I've even started, and he's so many never facts got wrong. the name correct. Um, but the the Snyder cut zombie version, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> um and on Twitter and Instagram you can find me at Watlington Mark same for Letterboxd. Um I am going to be on an episode of Igniting the Spark which is a Star Wars podcast that our friend Callie Smith hosts. I have been I think we've all been on it in the past while mm-hmm. talking about movie I talked and about the Force Awakens. Yeah. So you can you can catch me talking about the premiere the pilot episode of The Mandalorian. Hell yeah. 
I like calling it a pilot. Like they they made it to kind of see how it would work. (laughs) It was like, let's just try this, see how it goes. Like pilots basically don't exist now, right? Like I know they do for network TV. They do. They they do. They they do for like Netflix shows too. Like there's even on the streamers, they'll they'll order pilots, but it's more often. Disney's not really ordering a lot of pilots. No, because they just do like legacy franchise stuff mostly. I you know what I bet that I bet that fucking Uncle Jesse basketball show had a pilot. Yeah, big shot. What's his yeah. name? Uh, uh, grandfathered. Fucking fucking uh, yogurt guy. John Stamos. Are you just trying to think of the name? Yeah, John, John Stamos. <laughs> that, there it is. I could not come up with John Stamos. When you said I Uncle Jesse, either, in my head it was like already established that we had said who he was, but like I no. guess he hadn't said his name. <laughs> I, Okay. I fully was broken. Okay. So you can find me online at Chad A. Oliver everywhere except TikTok. I'm kind of going through a thing where I'm trying to figure out if the algorithm is against me. So I started a new TikTok, Chad Austin Oliver. It's a whole thing. Um, And you can listen to my other podcast, The Lord of the Rings Sentence, where I read The Lord of the Rings one sentence at a time on a weekly basis. Um, A movie I'm looking forward to. Uh, I've been looking forward to for well over a year now. It's A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, I'll finally watch it uh, in a movie theater because I got uh, Moderna running through my veins and I can breathe on anybody I want to and, and smooch people. Hell yeah. And I plan on doing that during the movie. <laughs> Gross. With your wife, right? Mala! Or Wait, did you kill her? I don't care, Cody. Uh, yeah, what a didn't even what, answer it. Wow, what's what's your uh, answer to the prompt you gave? Uh, so the movie I'm looking forward to most is something called Moby Doc, which is a documentary about Moby. No, I don't give a fuck about Moby. The movie I'm looking forward hey, to most. Give me I don't have an Moby. opinion on Moby. Moby I made just... that song at the end of the board on Eddie. You give okay. him respect. I'm guys, come on. I'm Cruella. It's fucking two hours and like 90 minutes long. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's Lady Joker if she killed dogs. No, I and I don't it's Lady it's Joker's insane. such a strange read on it. I don't think that's what it is. It is Lady Joker. It's, did you see the trailer? I did oh, see okay, the trailer. I think saying again. It's wild that no. there are more minutes in that movie than there are dogs in 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> there are. It is. Definitely. That might Definitely also more. be true of 101 Dalmatians and 102 Dalmatians. But... Not of the original animated, but yes, of the live action ones, they're probably longer than... No, because they w- it would only have to be 140. They may get under. That's look it up. I need to Let's look, look it up. that. Um, but Cruella, I do think, is 219 or something. Wow. Wow. Oh, two hours. I was going to say more more minutes than the dogs combined in all of the movies. Um, I think it'll be good. I'll probably. Oh, my God. Sorry. Yeah. 101 Dalmatians is 103 minutes long. They were Ugh. so close. Missed opportunity, so close. guys. They Should've couldn't have it. trimmed speed two up, minutes of fat. Speed up the credits movie. a little bit. Just make those credits go a little faster. Yeah. Come on, guys. Um, no, I love Emma Stone. I think she's going to be fun, and I think her playing against Emma Thompson. Um, Just a couple of Emmas. I think it's going to be really good. 
I mean, really good. I don't know. It's directed by the guy who did I, Tanya. I'm at least very intrigued by it. Yes, it the director be... of Million Dollar Arm. Yeah, he's weirdly made a lot of Disney stuff. But um... <laughs> about Million Dollar Arm. The, he directed... the John Hamm cricket movie. <laughs> he directed That's another a Disney movie, movie About too. cricket players who go baseball. Uh... Yes. Um. By the way, 102 Dalmatians... Uh, is a hundred and just regular hundred minutes. Ah, good job on that one. We're nominated for an Academy Award, so uh, there's that. Oh, okay. So this director did Lars and the Real Girl, which is not a movie I love, but then mm, the I other like Disney movie. movie he did was The Finest Hours. Um, I don't know that movie. I know that trailer. I've seen that trailer a hundred and one times. They played it so many times. It's the Chris Pine on a boat movie. Um, I feel like they started playing that trailer in april for a yes. june release and then yes. pushed it back to september yes. and we're like you know what just keep the trailer running it's a That's good trailer exactly what happened this guy craig galepsi is also directing physical which is the um uh uh fucking will you newton john no it's uh it's it's rose uh burn rose burn yeah doing like a 80s like workout thing and then he is also directing the Pam and Tommy show, which we got images from this week, and it broke everybody's fucking brains. Sebastian Stan is unrecognizable as Tommy Lee. I don't, I don't think anybody was that concerned about Sebastian Stan. He looks like Sebastian Stan. Yeah, but Lily James does look exactly like yeah. Pamela Anderson. No, like it I thought it was a, a picture of Pamela Anderson's for real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, but anyway, Cruella so, from the guy who's gonna bring you a Pamela Anderson show. Fun fact my pastor from uh Decatur, Alabama, where I come from, his name is Tommy Lee, and I just always thought that was funny. Hmm. But uh, that's it's quite strange, yeah. I bet a lot of people like bothered him about it, probably. Anyway, we'll talk about these movies next week. And next my episode. pastor. We'll talk about him too uh, next know, week. We're probably done with that. You can find me at Cody Lansford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the show at WePickPicks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. I also host We Need to Talk About Spider-Man because we do. We're going to have our Spider-Man 3 episode incoming at the end of the, this month. Uh, uh, Scott Corelli so... is going to be on that episode of Dueling Genre Podcasts. Yeah, he's on Franchiseology and one of my new favorite podcasts, Theme Park This. Um, Franchiseography or ology? Pretty sure it's ography. I think it's ography. Yeah, I think it's ography. I think it's ography. Oh, Chad, you forgot to plug Star Wars Sentence or no, Lord of the Rings. No, you said I Lord plugged of the Rings it. Oh, you just weren't listening. I just was not listening. <laughs> We're falling I, apart I just here. wanted to make sure. I know that some of the audience wasn't listening either. I was just trying to get their back. Hey, do so. you guys remember? Hey, Cody, end the podcast, being... please. End the Hope podcast, please. Day. <laughs> please end Hope the podcast. Day brain. Cody, you're being a real chug. <laughs> chuggy. Chuggy, chuggy. Uh, that, that's what the basic train says. Chuggy, chuggy. Chad, just cut around this and whenever he gets the podcast. Do not cut around it. <laughs> Keep all of it in. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember... Going to war is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It could be fun! Next episode, we are watching 
the cult classic Jennifer's Body. It is available on Stars or Girl, wherever else body. you find movies. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. I, I work out. I work out. <laughs> oh, terrible. LMFAO with that joke, though. <laughs>